everyone and welcome to the final episode of season three of The Whole Tooth, a podcast all about sharks, rays and the underwater habitat brought to you by the Save Our Seas Foundation. I'm your host Isla and every episode I sit down with experts in marine science, conservation and storytelling to talk all things sharks and the ocean. For today's episode we're kind of wrapping up the season and 2022 with a nice neat little bow in a nice little package. I sat down with regular guests of the podcast, Dr. James Lee, who is CEO of the Save Our Seas Foundation, and Jade Schultz, who is our content manager. They were both together at the Save Our Seas office in Cape Town, and we wanted to reflect on the year that's just been, because in many ways, although there's quite a lot of scary things going on in the world right now, there have been quite a few glimmers of hope and optimism in the shark and ray conservation space. And the Save Our Seas Foundation have a ton of really exciting stuff coming up in terms of funding, projects and science communication. So we wanted to chat a little bit about that. And finally, we have a very exciting announcement about this very podcast, which you won't want to miss. So make sure that you are listening out for that. Before we say goodbye to this season and take a little break, I wanted to take this opportunity to say a enormous thank you to you, our lovely listeners, for listening, all of your support and the lovely messages and comments that you leave for us. We really, really, really do appreciate it. With this podcast, we want to bring everyone together into the amazing world of sharks. And it's really nice to know that so many of you are enjoying that. It makes me smile whenever I make an episode. So thank you. And hopefully we'll see you back in season four, which will be out in February. But without further ado, grab your party hats and let's dive in to our episode. Hello, Jade and James, and welcome back to the Whole Tooth Podcast. Thank you. Hi. We were just debating how many times you have made an appearance on the Whole Tooth, um, and we think it's three. We think it's three times. If you're listening to this now in chronological order, it's three. However, if you're listening in the future, you might hear James's voice again at some point in season four, um, but we'll leave that as a surprise. But yes, we usually end each season with ask us anything and this is the final episode of season three but we're going to do something a little bit different um and we're going to actually look back at the year that has just been and talk about kind of what's been happening with the save our seas foundation but also what's been happening for sharks specifically because it has been quite an exciting year in terms of you know both of those things um and one of the places that I would like to start is with CITES because that happened oh like a couple of weeks ago now, just over just over two weeks, I think. And it was really huge news for sharks. And I wanted to start there because it's it's quite a positive thing as well, which is which is always a really nice place to start a podcast. Um so yeah, does do one of you wanna sort of talk to our listeners about what happened at CITES for sharks? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll um, so CITES. If you're not not familiar, uh, I'll give a, a a brief rundown. But you really should listen to an episode we've had previously with Sarah Fowler, where she goes into great detail uh, about what CITES actually is and 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 why it's important. But sort of in essence, what CITES is is an international agreement that regulates the trade of species that get listed. And so basically, if a species gets listed or on CITES, you know, countries agree to list it, then they are then obliged to manage that species sustainably and not trade in it internationally unless they can prove that it is being managed sustainably. And this gets voted on uh, by all the parties involved. So it's a democratic process. And, you know, up until now, there have been some sort of highly threatened sharks listed on this and rays uh, and shark-like rays and things. But it's been 
relatively few sort of proportionally in terms of the number of sharks that are getting sort of exploited and overfished around the world. And essentially what happened in November is the number of sharks that got listed went from around 40 to I think over 140 different species. And some of these are the most commercially exploited, uh, either listed directly or listed because they look the same or you can't tell them apart from a species uh, that is sort of commercially exploited. So you sort of have to manage them in the same way. And what this means sort of in real terms is that sort of of all the species that get traded in things like the fin trade, now over 90% of those species will be regulated under sort of these international CITES agreements. Of course, you know, there now becomes a, a huge, uh, a massive, important need for implementation. Uh, you know, of course, it needs to have teeth. But the most important thing at the moment is, and I think one of the most monumentous wins for shark conservation in recent years is there is this recognition and momentum for identifying these species that need to have their trade you know, regulated in a way that is sustainable. And that has now happened at this last convention of parties at CITES in Panama. And I'm now gonna hand over to, to Jade because actually her team played a big role in sort of the communication side of things with that. Um, uh, along with our collaborators at sort of WCS and the Shark Conservation Fund and a bunch of others. But yeah, Jay was much more directly involved. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so we were, I'm really grateful because after, you know, being on this, not on the sidelines, but watching societies take place for, I think this is the third societies that I've known about, and watching it all happen on the sidelines and then trying to create news pieces around it post societies and like, you know, I think a few years back it was when uh, the wedge fish were, were first listed and we were quite invested in that, but more like from a personal interest side of things. And then this year um, through Save Our Seas Foundation uh, being part of the Shark Conservation Fund, we worked with WCS and Blue Resources Trust and the humane society yeah we we manage we work quite closely with them on a few of the communication outputs basically we produced um, an infographic where we got together like four of the biggest research papers that proved that sharks were in trouble and that the shark fin trade was directly related to the decline in um, the, the shark species. We also then showed why sharks were important for ecosystems, like why we need them in our ecosystems. So yeah, we got these really big scientific papers that, you know, we had the proof there and then we spent quite a bit of time working it into um, infographics that were then handed out at workshops and then at CITES for everyone, like where they could, you know, the information was there, it was visual, they could, have a look at this page and see exactly why it was important for these species to be listed. We then also helped with creating a photo exhibit, which was um, at the, the conference venue in Panama with images of the various um, sharks that were going to be listed, then with information either on that species or how CITES can help the species. And then we did a huge push on social media to get everyone invested as well. So we created social media packages, which all of the organizations that were involved in this could also then use on their social media. So it was images, it was the infographic broken down into smaller, more digestible pieces of information. And then, yeah, we started in the build up to the announcements. Like at that stage, we were like, fingers crossed, like we really hope that this goes through. But we started like kind of sharing information with our audience about what CITES is, why it's important, and why if this listing goes through, why it'll be such a big deal. And then and then it went it went through and like it's still like in a way it hasn't sunk in because you know how much work went into something like that. And it's it's almost it's when you work in conservation, it feels like it's one of those mountains that you will climb forever and like just never really reach the summit. Like we all work so tirelessly to have these conservation successes. But I mean, a lot of the time, it feels like a bit of a pipe dream. <laughs> like the, the intentions are there and we really hope that we can make it happen. And and this, it happened. And it was just like, I still get goosebumps thinking about it because it's really going to shift everything the way the way we have been working but like you know obviously we'll still there's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done 
but a lot is going to change as a result of that and you know we can focus our attention in other areas now to make sure that the listings are enforced and that everyone has the necessary tools to yeah. enforce them yeah 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 i'm really glad you raised that point because it really is like climbing a mountain and there is I, th- I think what a lot of people don't realize is there's so 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 much work that goes into these kind of proposals that happen like you're talking years in advance I think with this one you know almost 10 years it was in the making it doesn't just all of a sudden you know the week before CITES people don't just put the proposal together and go hmm we think these sharks should be put through it's sort of built up over time And then also because you're not talking about, you know, it's not a bunch of scientists in a room, it's it's world leaders, it's governments who have to be persuaded to get behind the proposal. And the way that they you can you can do that is to also get the people that vote for them, the public, the people also on side behind the proposal. So a lot of the, you know, all the social media stuff that you guys were like instrumental in that would have done a lot of that kind of work and then the governments and the politicians who who are there the officials who are there see the positives of getting behind that proposal so there's a lot of different moving parts and a lot of different things going on but it was so it was so nerve-wracking you could watch the full thing live on youtube and i think james and i were messaging each other (laughs) at the real time as it was going on because you could see it was fascinating to watch because obviously a proposal can either get passed through in its entirety so that's kind of taking everything on board or it can be amended so some countries can raise issues with the proposal and say okay so we're not so happy with the full thing but we'll accept it if these changes are made and then everybody votes on the amendments they're called Um, and there were a few amendments proposed actually um, and they were done through anonymous voting which is the first time I've seen something like that happen via YouTube and so it was like a little graphic that came up on the screen and you could see see how many people had voted yes or no and so for both of the amendments they didn't get passed and so I remember messaging James and being like this could either mean that they want to take on the whole thing which would obviously be amazing or they want to scrap the whole thing entirely so it was like one of two things so it was quite it was pretty nerve-wracking <laughs> yeah it was a really nervous moment where i don't know if it was the same in situ but at least on the online stream i think it was a brief technical glitch or something where the results of the main vote popped up like a flash <laughs> and then went away again and then you were still waiting for it to come up and Isla and i were like did that look good or not I, was it a majority i don't know and i'll give you that <laughs> It was really funny as well because you could see um, often at these things, if they're going to be in favour of the proposal, the countries have often like a cuddly toy of that animal. And so there were so many. Um, I've actually I've actually got one of the like the big like cuddly toy sharks and they all had them sitting on their desk. And then when the proposal actually got passed through, they were all like waving them in the air and there were people wearing like shark shirts Um Actually, Alifa, who was on last week, she was actually at CITES when that happened. And she said the energy in the room. So like however nerve wracking it was for us sitting at home watching it, she was like, it was like that. But a hundred times in the room itself. Um, I've heard yeah. from delegates who's like, what smart watches were telling them that their heart rates were <laughs> over 140 while sitting still. <laughs> but it's just mm-hmm. such a tremendous amount of, of effort and collaborative effort from such a fantastic team that made this happen and all the work on the ground that sort of these people mm-hmm. did, especially led by a guy called Luke Warwick and others involved, they poured their heart and soul into this to, to make it happen. And it's obviously paid off. It's, it's a tremendous achievement. And yeah, we now need to continue that momentum moving forward to sort of steer towards implementation, mm-hmm. which means, yeah. you know, making sure it's effective and it works and it happens Mm -hmm. absolutely that's the next the next chapter but i think i think it's important to sort of like you know feel the positive positivity Um, because it's you know such it's it's recognition on an international scale of 
the the plight that sharks are facing and how much help they actually need now um which i think is is super positive and you can see the infographic that jade and her team were instrumental in working on it's absolutely fantastic you can see that on the save our seas instagram page um if you kind of go and look through um and it just makes everything really accessible and really easy to understand as well we can also in the show notes we can also add like the news piece where I think we've got two news pieces leading up to it where like it explains CITES really, really well. Like that was that was one of the for me, one of the most interesting things with this is, you know, we were on on one side we're wanting to share the, the happy news, especially when it like came through and it was successful. Successful. But we've had so much feedback from so many people afterwards saying, like, thank you so much, I learned so much. Like they had no idea what CITES was. So that's also really, and that also, I mean, we've been doing this. We've been trying to speak to our audience about sharks being under threat and these are their threats and all of these things before. And mm. sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't. But I don't know what it was around CITES or maybe just like this massive achievement where everyone was so happy, but people actually took the time to go and learn about it and why it was important. And we had such great feedback from everyone saying, you know, that, that they they learned a lot through the, you know, through this, even though they weren't a part of it, um, through ce- like the, ce- the society celebration, they, yeah, they learned quite a bit as well, which is t- like twofold, I guess, because we just wanted to share the happy news with everyone. But I wonder if that's why people were so invested because it was like a tangible thing. So it was like, there, there is an end goal. Um, and that's what we're aiming for and so everyone can kind of like get behind that and then when it happens everyone's like ah this is amazing the whole like uh conservation optimism thing you know what i mean where like people love happy news like you know we're so um bogged down by politics and like all these really bad things that are happening in the world so then then when you see something that really is happy you kind of you want to like find out a little bit more about that dopamine hit and (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's it and I think as well it's so it's so confusing at the moment because there is there was COP27 happening which was the climate change one then COP19 which was CITES and then now is it COP15 is going on (laughs) with the CBD um so I think a lot of people were like hang on what is this what COP is this which one is it and it's really hard to disentangle that. So it's helpful to have, uh, you know, infographics and articles that make it just really easy to understand what's going on because these things are really complicated. And also it's worth mentioning how difficult it is. You're talking about, I think it was, a hundred. is it 148 or 168? It's something, something like that. That number of member states that are signed up to CITES and they all have to, there has to be a majority agreement. So I think that's over 80% of all the member states have to agree on this proposal. Is that right? I think it's over two thirds. So this particular shark proposal, I think required 66% yes to pass and receive 75. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's quite a, as Jade said, it's quite a mountain to climb. Um, So for that to happen is, is just, monumental and and really really cool so so yay so that's a bit of uh, a bit of happy news <laughs> happy news to start the podcast off with but in the spirit of like looking back on the year and looking back at kind of what save our seas has been involved in which is obviously many many things um, we did sponsor a couple of big events, one of those being Wild Screen Film Festival in Bristol, which was the, which the listeners will be familiar with now because they've ho- heard the episodes from that. But that was that was really cool to be able to go there and sort of see a slightly different side to conservation. And then also we sponsored Sharks International too. I don't know, uh, James, if you want to 
explain a little bit about what Sharks International is. I have gone into it on the podcast because of Dave's episode, but it would be good to maybe have a bit of a refresher. Sure. So yeah, uh, Sharks International, I'm going to not call it a convention of parties. It's <laughs> basically all the best and most enthusiastic minds in shark conservation, um, you know, scientists, communicators, educators, policymakers that come together you know, once every four years. So it's sort of quite a monumentous um, occasion in sort of the shark conservation calendar. And it moves around the world so that hopefully, you know, at some point when it happens, it sort of helps spread out the load of travel for people. It's not always in the same place. And because of sort of the lingering impacts of the pandemic, it was a hybrid event. So there was this physical event in Valencia in Spain, uh, which had, I think, about 350 people. But then there was sort of almost that again that attended uh, the the event and the talks online. And it's something you don't quite realize you're missing from all these virtual meetings until you have it again in person is just how important it is to have people in the same room, in the same place, talking, sharing ideas, sharing solutions to problems, and sort of then getting that shared passion and, and momentum and enthusiasm, and then sort of like, okay, stuff comes from that that never would have otherwise taken place. So it's you know, incredibly efficient. And then you can then have meetings in addition to that as well, because everyone was convening uh, you know, so the IUCN shark specialist group sort of had additional meetings around that, which we sort of uh, helped them convene as well to sort of help build a, a roadmap for sort of shark conservation moving forward. And, you know, chatting to, to Rima, who sort of who ran this and she's the chair of the IUCN shark specialist group. She said they achieved in three days what it had taken them the previous year to try and get going. So like the efficiency of having these people together for the same purpose and sort of sharing all of that is is amazing and for us to be able to help facilitate that is sort of you know it's it really helps in a big way and is a big part of what we do but then on top of that which sort of as well as sort of doing this for all the researchers we really wanted you know you've got some of the best people so best minds in shark conservation in the world convening in one place People love sharks. Why not also try and bring some element of that to the local community? And something that Jade and her team worked on was sort of an additional day to the conference uh, for members of the public. Yeah, we did um, two public events. It was amazing. We did it in the botanical gardens in um, Valencia. And the daytime one was uh, for families, so moms, dads, kids. And we worked with Jaime from Lamna and we got various other marine conservation NGOs based in Valencia to come and attend as well and have little information booths where people could come and engage and interact with them and find out more about sharks and the ocean and the work that everyone was doing there. So we had oceanographic, the aquarium was there. They had like a lovely interactive like stall where the kids could learn everything. Lamna were there, uh, Submon were there, Save Our Seas, we were there, but um, there was a bit of a language barrier um, so we went there with VR headsets uh, so that everyone could have like this immersive shark dive experience or, you know, they could either go diving with hammerheads or in the mangroves with lemon sharks in Bahamas, or you could go on a shark dive in Seychelles. And we took them there for the kids to experience and, you know, by the end of it, we actually had to close the event down and we just had this long queue of adults <laughs> waiting to also experience this as well. So, yeah, it was really lovely, like, being able to be there and interact with the people of Valencia and the organizations could as well. And just, you know, seeing how everyone engaged and the venue was stunning and just kind of like watching how happy everyone was like the the not just the public the organizations that were there taking part in it as well that was really really cool and then in the evening we had like a public talks event where various ocean lovers researchers photographers could come and they could do presentations and the public could attend that and find out a little bit more about their work or their connection with the ocean as well so yeah we did that at Sharks International, and that was also very cool. <laughs> very challenging very cool. to organise from the other side of the, <laughs> the planet, but, like, it was, yeah, very rewarding once we were there. Yeah, I was just about to say that, that I, I think that you and the team deserve an award for <laughs> navigating the logistics of something like that, especially especially with a language barrier but yeah it looked it looked amazing um and I I did manage to get a go on one of the VR headsets I think before 
the event and yeah so cool it's like actually being on on a dive with the sharks as well and I think we we talked about this the last time um, that you were both on the podcast and we were sort of like looking forwards to what we were doing this year and we were talking about just the importance of these conferences if if you allow them to be they can stay very much within you know the academic circles and sort of people don't really hear about them but just as you said there James the the advantage of having all of these people together that are so incredibly passionate about sharks and using that as an opportunity to connect them with the public and get the public on board with this kind of thing as well is just is just really really special and it was a really cool atmosphere um especially because the majority of the Save Our Seas Foundation team were actually there so including people from the research centers as well and it was just from my personal perspective it was really because I I joined I realized this, I joined Save Our Seas during the pandemic. And so I've never actually got to meet the people that I work with and in person. Um, and so that was that was really, really, really special as well. And I feel that on a much bigger scale with all of the researchers whose work that I've read and who have been on the podcast before to actually meet them in person was, was really cool. For James as well, that was, and myself, I mean, I've been with the foundation, well, for a long time, 2014. There were there are people that I've been in communication with since 2014, or at some stage I've been, I mean, Andrew Chen, one of our scientific advisors, back then he was a project leader and it was really great to finally meet him in person. And, and that's the case with a lot of them. Like we work with, they have to, they send through their blogs for our website, or if there's a news story or anything like that, like I'll, yeah, at some stage I'm involved and we communicate with them whether there's uploading their profiles onto our website, anything like that. So Sharks International was really great to finally be able to meet them in person and chat to them about their work. And it just gives you a much deeper understanding of the work that they're doing and you, you get that firsthand experience of the, the passion that's driving their research and the projects and stuff like that, which was that's really nice. Yeah. 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 And I, th- I think with any sort of, um, you know, event like that, I always find myself trying to think about like, what am I going to take away from this event? And I thought it would be quite good to for us each to sort of think about that and, and talk about that, you know, with our listeners is what were what what can we take away from Sharks International 2022? James, what were your sort of final thoughts like following the conference or looking forwards from there? Yeah, I, I mean, it's tricky to choose sort of just one or two, but I think one of the the main themes that emerged and that there is this massive momentum for shark and ray conservation you know, initiatives and, and management measures and 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 things like that, um, and this sort of links back to CITES. But you know, one of the key things that people are realizing really has to be you know handled carefully and done uh, a lot more, and find ways of doing it sustainably in terms of financing it is is implementation okay we're increasingly knowing what we actually have to do to sort of bend sharks from decline into recovery but how are we actually going to implement that and support implementing that and i think a lot of that comes through collaboration you know breaking people out of working in silos to sort of really do things that sort of cross crosses borders and species and you know because time is limited. It's now an, it's an acute problem. You know, we have very limited time to sort of turn this around for the most overexploited species, and a lot of that has been making sure that you know things like CITES or any kind of protected area or sort of fisheries change in practice then actually has the teeth that needs to be effective. Uh, so yeah, I think for me it, it's yeah implementation. Yeah, my take home from it, and it's probably because. It's one, it's like all relative, but more my area of expertise was the, what was nice with uh, Sharks International this year was there was quite a strong focus on science communication. Um, and, you, you know, we had a day of talks that were not, not completely dedicated to it, but we, you, know, you had a number of people get up there and talk about science communication. And it was really interesting to see how well received these were and to hear from various voices about how they're going about that, whether it's communicating with children, with the broader audience, dealing with the media, 
um, uh, I really found that quite interesting and, you know, hearing various perspectives. But for me, the other element that I really enjoyed finding out more about with um, Sharks International and working with, well, chatting with a lot of our researchers, that idea of community engagement and working with communities with mm -hmm. your research and like giving back to them and like getting them invested in it um, because they're such an integral part of the puzzle. Um, you know, you can't, you can't, anything to do with conservation, you can't, you know, come in, do your research and then take a step back and hope that, hope for the best in that area, you know, you've really got to be invested in the communities there as well. So I really enjoyed listening to those talks and seeing that we're doing more of that in the conservation and like the research realm. Yeah, absolutely. And mine, mine sort of is very similar to that, I guess as well because my area of expertise is you know science communication but also my research is understanding people and working with people and I saw kind of a lot of potential in that area for that sort of expertise as well to collaborate with people who are doing ecology and behavior and also you know looking at policy and things like that it all needs to sort of mesh together to make one big picture that sort of works for everyone because cons a lot of conservation is working with people and bringing people on side especially with people who are doing things that at first it might appear like they're going against the objectives of conservation so you know like fishing or extractive resource use and how do you work with those people? How do you get them on side? How do you get policies that work for them as well as achieving the biodiversity targets and the conservation targets? I saw I saw a lot of that at Sharks International, which was which was really positive. And I think that's a conversation that we definitely need to keep having as we move forward. And so yeah, I, I wonder if that'll form I'm looking forward to uh, the next Sharks International, which will be in four years' time. Yeah, 2026 in Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, 2026. <laughs> it feels like such a long time away, but I know it's not going to be. <laughs> it's going to be like tomorrow. But yeah, but that, that'll be really cool to see sort of like what themes come out at that one as well. And so moving on from that to talking about the Save Our Seas Foundation specifically and looking forwards into next year because I know that we are going to be uh, doing lots of exciting things. One of the things I want to talk about specifically was sort of projects and funding as well because that's something we were talking about just before we popped onto this call. So I don't know who wants to who wants to go first on this one but there are some pretty <laughs> pretty exciting things, James. <laughs> yeah, well I can't tell you specifically about projects yet because the projects themselves don't yet know even at the time i think this comes out uh, but what i can tell you is so next year is our 20th anniversary so amazingly um have doing this for 20 years now and we want to sort of mark this in a number of ways and ultimately the core of what we do is our grant making you know facilitating project leaders to really make the difference uh, on the ground and so we will actually be supporting a record number of projects next year i think it's in the region of like 75 different projects um and that's sort of a, an increased commitment we want to sort of carry forward as well <clears throat> and then there will be new opportunities and different types of grants that people can get as well some of the grants people are familiar with might be changing a bit uh, and so we're going to be trying to look at increasing our commitment especially to early career researchers in particular ways uh, and i'm you know really quite excited about a lot of that and people will have to sort of wait till early next year for, for some details on that but yes so uh, more grants, bigger grants, and yeah, sort of new new types that I'm hoping um, you know, will really help us sort of build that capacity that continues that sort of momentum to make a difference. But then on top of that, as you guys have just been talking about, there's the whole you know hugely important aspect of you know communicating all the fantastic work that these you know passionate and dedicated people do. So we are preparing sort of a number of different. Uh, things and events to sort of celebrate sharks sort of you know all the distance and achievements we've covered in the past 20 years and sort of looking forward to sort of the hopeful future of shark conservation i don't know if jade you want to talk about some of those 
events or things we're planning or or not <laughs> um no i'm happy to um yeah so i mean obviously it's a celebration so we're hoping to do to engage the public a little bit more on with these and like have more in-person events and um, where we can firstly celebrate with all of the people who've been an important part of the foundation up until this point to like share the successes with them but then also invite members of the public to attend as also well. we're going to be having events in South Africa, USA, Seychelles and Switzerland. And then, yeah, we're going to have like different talks happening, film screening. I was going to go back to James on the film screening thing because that's actually really exciting and it deserves its own little space to discuss about it. And yeah, we're hoping to do uh, get a couple murals painted, which we're all really looking forward to because, I mean, yeah, we do quite like our artivism at the foundation. And then photo exhibits in various locations as well. Um, yeah, all just, you know, one massive big celebration of our oceans and sharks and to increase that space that we're taking up in the public realm. You know, the, I feel like the more people are confronted with sharks and questioning their relationship with them or looking at art or anything like that, the, the, the more we, we're going to be able to raise awareness around these things and hopefully be able to drive conservation change in different areas through 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 these uh, various events so i'm hoping i've hit on all of them but um yeah lots of exciting things in store for us next year because i think traditionally what the foundation has done is we're very our communication is more online it's you know we have our magazine we have our website we have all of these other things but we all do enjoy in engaging with the public a little more. So that's very exciting. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing to be able to do it online because of just the the reach and the accessibility. But there's a different vibe to when it's like in person as well. And there's, um, I think we were chatting about this at Sharks International. There is no, the, the amazing thing about science communication is that there is no one way to do it. There's loads and loads of different channels that you can use and um, you know utilize uh, and save our seas you know does a lot of that and I think it's really it's really cool to to watch and, and be and be part of as well um, so yeah keep your eyes peeled for all of those different events if you are in those areas yeah come and say hi which would be which would be really fun but yeah James you want to mention the the film screenings so yeah, one of the things uh, we're really excited to share, you know, with, with everyone, um, is is a, is a film we've been working on, but sort of taking a, a slightly different approach to sort of storytelling uh, around sharks, and we're we're really excited and privileged to be working with this, uh, working on this with Pippa Ehrlich, who, who actually used she was part of of the team with Jade here at doing communication with the Save Our Seas Foundation, and then sort of she went from there to make. Um, you know, a, a small, like, indie film you may not have heard of called My Octopus Teacher. Um, <laughs> just which, small. Just a little small thing that just Did happened it? to take the world by storm yeah. and, like, Didn't change. win an Oscar. Didn't win an Oscar, <laughs> BAFTAs, Pandas, you know, anything, any award you can conjure up, this film sort of has sort of clattering a shelf somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's just a small thing, just a small film. She is uh, uh, an incredible talent that you know, we still can't believe we have to be sort of working with us on this kind of thing. But she has this amazing ability to you know, find impactful and meaning stories and things. So you know, we didn't want to go down the whole route of like, sharks are in real trouble, this is how you can help, which is really important to do. But we wanted to find a way of sort of communicating with people on a more sort of personal level. And um, Pip has managed to tease out this, this sort of really nice narrative that talks through the fascination and wonder of sharks threats they face but you know ultimately there's this message of hope and you know how we can really sort of make a difference and how science in particular has a big role in that but yeah it's I'm quite excited and and it's amazing sort of seeing what Pippa and her team as well are sort of sort of doing with this and yeah we're really very excited to sort of share that film with people next year and that will be at each of these 20th anniversary events that uh, that Jade mentioned. So we're going to be essentially sort of having traveling screenings 
uh, of this amongst sort of other ways of finding it. It made me cry, that film. So she definitely, <laughs> she definitely hit the mark with that. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Like, I'm sorry I made you cry, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, good tears, good tears. Like, it's just really beautiful and the message of it is, is really beautiful as well. I can tell you now, no matter how many times you watch that film, you will cry. Like, it's, yeah, doesn't matter like how closely related to the people in the film you are or anything like that. There's, it is just a beautiful message that's in there. Yeah, quite obvious why Pippa won things like Oscars <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess you know she's she's all right at her job, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't no. let her head get too big. <laughs> No, she's mega talented. And I think as well, because we, we showed it at Sharks International and I think it was just this, the sense of watching it on that big screen as well, really sort of drew you in and, and you were really focused on the film. Um, so yes, yeah, can, can we can we say the name of the film or not? I think so. Do you yeah. think we can? Yeah, Older Than Trees, which makes reference to the fact that, you know, some form of shark existed you know, on this planet before even trees, which... Mm pretty mind-boggling really it's crazy that's one of my favorite facts about sharks is that they've, they've been around like way longer than the dinosaurs were you know they've been on this planet for over 440 million years which is just just crazy and they survived but, all yeah. the extinctions i mean one that took out dinosaurs which were enormous and they managed mm. to Looked through their applications for pretty well. And the mass dying as well, which took out, I think, 96% of life on Earth. They survived that too. Um, you can hear all about that in our on our prehistoric sharks episode. I <laughs> know, oh, yeah. <laughs> Not fun to be around at that time, I don't think. Um, but yeah, older than trees. Um, if people aren't attending the event, are they going to be able to see it as well? Watch this space. Okay. Okay, watch watch this space, people. Um, but yeah, we will let people know uh, if and when that happens. But if you do get the chance to see it, it is a, a brilliant film. And I mean, I, I've I've not seen the finished, the final finished version yet. So yeah, it's a very very good film. Okay, so we have talked about CITES, we've talked about Shocks International, we've talked about funding, 20th anniversary. All in all, for me, this year has been, I mean, like Jade said at the beginning, there's a lot of scary things going on in the world. There's a lot of bad news stories. But for me, this year has felt very optimistic and very positive, not least because it's been filled with so many people who are just excited and passionate and fighting for sharks and I think to me that's that's something really positive to kind of hold on to as we go into 2023 which feels crazy to say because I still feel like it's 2020 as I'm sure a lot of people do. Something else that is going to happen in 2023 which I wanted to end the podcast on because it is podcast related is that our podcast, The Whole Tooth, is going to kind of have a little bit of a makeover going into 2023. Just so listeners know, it's not fundamentally changing, so I'm not going anywhere. The content of the podcast is still going to be the same, which is making shark science and conservation and ocean conservation accessible to everyone and talking about all kinds of interesting things from shark species to different adaptations to threats facing sharks and 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 the people who are fighting to protect and conserve them in lots of different ways none of that will change but we are going to change the name and the sort of branding of the podcast and because this will come out at the end of December you know a couple of days before the new year I wanted us to go into the new year with um with that kind of like fresh fresh new look in mind so I feel like we need like some sort of drum roll or something yeah can you find effects <laughs> drum roll please so as of 2023, the Whole Tooth podcast will become, drumroll please, the World of Sharks podcast. 
Da, da, da. <laughs> Maybe need a little, <laughs> need a little fanfare. Um, so it will be called the World of Sharks podcast. Everything else will still be the same. You'll be able to find it in exactly the same place. It'll still come out on the same podcast uh, apps that you're used to, but it will have a slightly different logo. Um, so just be aware of that. Look out for that if you are a regular listener. Um, and I wanted to kind of talk about our thought process behind this because. We love the name The Whole Tooth. This is how the podcast started. This is what it's been for three seasons. And I know um, a lot of people have become familiar with that and love it too. Um, So we wanted to talk about kind of like why we're changing it really quickly. Um, But at least from my perspective, or as we've discussed uh, over the last couple of months, you know, this this podcast kind of started out as we started out as a little YouTube series where we were answering um, mainly young people's questions about sharks. And then that sort of morphed into the podcast, but we kept the same name because it was a play on the whole truth. Um, uh, and then as we've sort of moved forwards and the podcast has kind of matured a little bit and we've got to know you guys a lot better and our audience a lot better. Um we think world of sharks just kind of reflects sort of where we're at now um because we're we're bringing people into the world of sharks um and it also provides synergy with the world of sharks uh world of sharks website and branding which is where the podcast is housed so jade i'm gonna pass over to you to talk about world of sharks and what that is so the world of sharks website was kind of and i think that this is also i'm going to mention this now is it's if you're looking for anything to do with sharks it's much easier to find that content with the word sharks in the name so you know if anyone was looking for a shark podcast they weren't the whole tooth wasn't coming up through any of the searches so that, that obviously also played a part in us you know when considering the name options we and why we went with the world of sharks but yeah the world of sharks website really exists for as a place where everyone can come and find out more about sharks from whether a shark is a fish or a mammal why sharks you know like basically we <laughs> the, the most googled questions we hope to address on the world of sharks website but ensure that it is scientifically accurate because like the scientific integrity of these things need to be important as well without any of the sensationalism that you normally get surrounding sharks so you can come you can find um really easy to understand and digest information about sharks but it is very much to um not to attract but for those who don't know much about sharks because you really haven't like your engaged audience, the people who know about sharks, know about their threats. They are, you know, they if you have like behavior in ch- behavior changes in place to try and protect them, or they're doing what they can to help. So we are really hoping to reach a much broader audience, or for those who don't know much, um, have the space where they can come in to find out about like whether it's a specific shark species, whether it's a specific uh, topic. But yeah, uh, we, we address like a number of um, most Googled shark questions on the website. So they come in to find out about that. And the idea is that the content there is all, it's really fantastic. It's like, it's been well designed. It's been well thought out. Like we've been very intentional every step of the way with creating this content. So come there to find out about one thing and stay there and leave like you know someone who's learned a whole bunch more about sharks and hopefully will return or will have a behavior change in some way for the positives for sharks so yeah that's also where the podcast is housed with all the show notes for anyone who's gone on to read the show notes so the idea is that people who come to the website will find the podcast and then people who find the podcast will find the website and for it to be this ecosystem uh for happy shark news and information sharing i guess (laughs) yeah that's nice i like the idea of it being like a little happy happy optimistic uh little ecosystem (laughs) where we can all talk about sharks and uh, nerd out a little bit yeah could be another name candidate happy shark news (laughs) i will i will mourn the loss of the whole tooth yeah i think but i think the whole tooth lives on in spirit in the spirit of the podcast um but yeah it's a really good point in that we want as many people to 
find the podcast as possible or find world of sharks as possible so that we can help spread the word about sharks and raise their relatives and how awesome they are but also how much trouble they're in um and so we kind of have to be have to play the game a little bit in terms of google searches and 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 things but yes it it will stay it's pretty much exactly the same podcast just just wrapped up in a different in a different way um so yeah just so just so you're aware of that in case we come back we're gonna have a break in january by the way um after this episode airs and then we'll be back in the early spring um and it's just in case people haven't seen us come back and wonder where we've gone it's because it's the world of sharks podcast um and the logo is really really cool it's um it's a shark a manta inside of a shark tail but yeah we we will be we'll be posting about it we'll we'll try and make more people aware of it as we go forwards but but i think that brings us to the end of our final episode of season three our 30th episode as well um and we've escaped having to choose a favorite something it seems <laughs> oh you reminded me <laughs> oh james <laughs> i spoke too early maybe well i mean i guess because you've both answered what shark you would be and why um you've also answered what shark you would have a beer with that was on a that was on a previous ask us anything no no you don't you know, i was meaning that as in <clears throat> genuinely we were scared <laughs> i deliberately tried to stay away from questions like that because I just think it's a bit mean when we're sort of like halfway through December and <laughs> we've all switched off. But yeah, that that's a really good place to sort of bring it to a close and wrap everything up with a nice, neat little bow. And, you know, I hope everyone has a good holiday season, wherever you might be, however you celebrate that. And yeah, happy, a happy new year, because at, when this comes out, we will be you know, a couple of days away from 2023, which is absolutely terrifying, but exciting at the same time. Very yeah. exciting. Very exciting. And yeah, yeah, thank you very much for having us, Isla. And thank yeah, you. happy, happy holidays to all you guys listening. And that is a wrap on season three. The Whole Tooth will be back as the World of Sharks podcast in February. So keep your eyes out for that. In the meantime, if you have any topics you'd like us to cover in the next season or guests you'd like us to feature, please do let us know. You can get in touch on isla at saveourseas.com via email or you can find us on social media. We are at Save Our Seas Foundation on Instagram and at Save Our Seas on Twitter. We absolutely love hearing from you. Apart from that, I hope you have a fantastic New Year's and we're wishing you all the best for 2023. And we will see you in season four. Have a jawsome New Year and we will see you next time.